Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to This is the Jet Life with Dan Burnham. Your guide to the New York Jets sports and much more. And now... Your host, Dan Burnham. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of This Is The Jet Live. Today's podcast episode is coming to you back-to-back with the big Aaron Rodgers podcast that I just recorded. Still drinking my blends. We've got another broken-up podcast here for you. This time talking New York Jets draft, draft targets, positions in need, got a father time and everything, and... The Aaron Rodgers news absolutely affects a lot of this stuff because the draft, the free agent targets, the draft capital that we have, all that stuff has kind of changed. But when it's all said and done, it's still a very important time of year for the Jets and Joe Douglas. And I know that he wants to get as much value as he can out of this draft. And what we have on the roster right now, even with Aaron Rodgers, isn't quite enough to get us where we need to be. We need to add some depth, maybe a couple starters as well in this year's draft. And Joe Douglas is prepared to do that. I'm sure he is looking at all these guys. So we're going to talk draft. We're going to talk about who the Jets may go after. Um, If you want more of that content, we did a fans first mock draft with all the contributors. You can find that. I think it's two podcasts ago now at this point. Um, I picked for number 13. You can see what I do there. And then uh, everybody else, except for the, you know, the Dolphins didn't have a pick in that. A couple teams didn't have first round picks because they traded them away. The Dolphins didn't have a pick at all because they tampered for Tom Brady, who they never got. So egg on their face, they feel pretty. They can't be feeling good right now if you're a Dolphins fan. Just like sitting back, kind of the stuff that's going on with like, is Tua going to be able to play? And now we don't have a first round pick. And the Jets just added Aaron Rodgers. And Tyreek Hill says he's about to retire in a couple years when this contract ends. I know it's kind of a an exciting time to be a Dolphins fan, but I know it's also like, man, they got to be feeling pretty nervous. And like, shoot, if this is our time to win now, and Aaron Rodgers just joined the Jets? Nah, I just like to think about their skin crawling like that. But this podcast, like I said, is going to be talking about the draft. Um, it's going to include father time. As always, rate, review, subscribe to this podcast anywhere f- podcasts are found. It's under the Fans First Sports Network now. So very cool stuff there. And then follow me on Twitter at Jets underscore Dan. Check out that mock draft we did. And let's get into this thing. Talking NFL draft. Starting with positions in need 2023 here. So I started doing this outline like a day ago to get ready for the podcast. I don't write everything that I'm going to say down, but I put an outline with a couple news and or a couple little notes and bullet points and stuff that I want to get to. And I had the number one need quarterback, the number two need center. In 24 hours, the number one need quarterback was addressed with Aaron Rodgers. The number two need was addressed with Connor McGovern back at center. So take those guys out of the mix. The Jets right now going into the draft with a little less capital. They don't have that second round pick, pick number 42. They're a little bit further back in the first round. They went from 13 to 15. But they still do have 
a second-round pick at pick 43. They have that pick 15. They've got a fourth-round pick, two fifth-round picks now. So there's a lot of opportunity for the Jets to go out there and add talent. The question is, where do they need to address it? And the new number one need for this team is offensive tackle. Now, where we left it three weeks ago, talking positions of need, interior defensive line was ahead of offensive tackle. At that time, we didn't have Quentin Jefferson. Signing him doesn't make that a completed project, but it means that we do have three guys there for the interior defensive line in Quentin Williams, Solomon Thomas, and Quentin Jefferson, where we probably need four guys there. But now you're talking about another, you know, maybe rotational piece that isn't quite as important. Offensive tackle jumps it on the list. We have added Cedric Ogbui back, who is a serviceable offensive tackle if we need him, and it's nice to have him back in the mix. But when you talk about playing Dwayne Brown at age 38, you talk about Mekhi Becton, who's played one game in the past two years, played 14 games his rookie year, got injured, and then played one game the next year, no games last year. It's hard to rely on either of those guys. Right behind him, Max Mitchell would be your next logical guy. We drafted him last year to be a swing tackle, played up and down last year, potentially improving, hopefully. But he had some health issues, went to IR last year, and we don't know his status. So offensive tackle is not only super important for this year, for depth in case anything happens to Dwayne Brown or Mekhi Becton, but the Jets have six days to decide if they want to pick up Mekhi Becton's first-year option, which means uh, Mekhi Becton has made $18 million through his first four years of his NFL career, being drafted 11th overall in whatever year it was, 2021. The Jets could elect to pick up a fifth-year option, forcing him to play on the Jets for one more year, but built into that rookie contract, he would have to be paid $13.5 million. The Jets have six days to make that decision for next year, 2024. They can't wait to see how he plays this year to decide if they want to pick it up. There's no way in hell that they're going to pay $13.5 million for an offensive tackle who's played one game in the last two years. So he's going to be set to be an expiring free agent next year. Same goes for Dwayne Brown, who's 38, and at that point, really, probably, unless he shocks the world, will not be looking to come back as a starting tackle for the Jets in 2024. So if that's the case, you've got maybe no Cedric Ogbui on a one-year deal, no Mekhi Becton, no Dwayne Brown, and Max Mitchell up in the air. Not only is it a need to have an offensive tackle for depth this year, it's extremely important for next year. Next year, if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of snaps, we won't have a first-round pick. I don't know what the salary cap situation is going to be like for Aaron Rodgers or how much we're going to be able to afford, but tackles are expensive. Good tackles are very expensive. And if you want to get Aaron Rodgers to come back for a second year to play here for the Jets in 2024, you better have an offensive line. He's not going to want to come around a bunch of scrubs on that old line and get hit for the last year of his career. So one way or another, the Jets have to beef up that offensive line, and they have to be prepared for 2024, so they're not going after two premium position tackle players where they may not have a first-round pick, are trying to win Aaron Rodgers back for another year, and may not have the money to buy him. So offensive tackle is extremely important in this year's draft. Now, it makes it a little bit more difficult drafting at pick 15 in the first round rather than 13. At 13, it seemed obvious the Jets would go after either Peter Skaronsky, Broderick Jones, or Paris Johnson. Potentially, they could go after a Darnell Wright, but I thought he was a little bit later than those three guys. Now the Jets trade back to 15 in that pick swap with the Packers to get Aaron Rodgers, and that puts the Patriots ahead of them at 14, and the Packers ahead of them now at 13. Both of those teams potentially can go after an offensive tackle. The Patriots need one, and I think they'd love to screw the Jets over by taking whoever we're looking at. There's probably going to be a guy that they weren't expecting 
to be available at their position 14 that will now be available. They're thinking, hey, now we can go get Paris Johnson or Broderick Jones. That does affect the Jets negatively because if, say, all three of those guys are drafted, you have to look at Darnell Wright trading back or taking another player in the first round. And we talked about how important it is for the Jets to get a tackle for this year and for next. It's, like, extremely important. And it's going to be interesting to see how the Patriots and everybody manipulate that. It's interesting to see, would Joe Douglas try to move up to make sure he gets a tackle? Or is he really comfortable with a guy like Anton Harrison or a Darnell Wright or one of these later guys that could potentially play offensive line for the Jets drafted a little bit later on? Maybe at pick 42 or something, he's thinking he can grab a guy who could be serviceable. Joe Douglas is pretty good at evaluating offensive line, and he prioritizes it, and he used to play offensive line, so I trust him to get this right, but it makes it a lot more interesting at pick 15 than it was at 13. So offensive tackle, one way or another, is going to be addressed in this draft, and I look forward to seeing what the Jets can do. Um, That's the number one need. The number two need, interior defensive line, not as important because we added Quentin Jefferson. We have three guys there now. John Franklin Myers can play inside on third downs. Michael Clemens could play inside. But we still don't really have a guy that can pair with Quinn and Williams against the run. On first down against a run-heavy team, you can't really play Quentin Jefferson. You don't want to put John Franklin Myers there. Michael Clemens probably not beefy enough to play there either. So your option is Solomon Thomas next to Quinn and Williams. Solomon Thomas is a decent player but he's not good enough to be your every-down kind of guy in that position. So I think it's really important to go after a rush-focused defensive tackle. That's my number two most important need. I think we need four guys there for this team on the active roster. We currently have three. So last year it was Solomon Thomas, Nathan Shepard, Sheldon Rankins, Quinn and Williams, four guys. This year right now we got Quinn and Williams, Solomon Thomas, Quinn and Jefferson, three guys, a little bit more fat pass-focused than it used to be. So we'll see what they do. That's a big, big-time need, number two. The number three need for this team is linebacker. C.J. Mosley's contract will run out. He's getting older. It's somewhat easy to find linebackers in free agency like good veteran guys, especially a team led by perhaps Aaron Rodgers or a good playoff Super Bowl competitive team. You can find those Bobby Wagners or guys that can come in for one year and play middle linebacker and be kind of a coach of the defense. But C.J. Mosley's not going to last forever. And then outside of that, we got Quincy Williams, who's a nice piece. Quan Alexander has not been re-signed. You got like Homsen Nazaraldine, and you know, we don't have Marcel Harris, who was the backup last year. We don't know how Chuck Clark's gonna fit in. I think the, the Jets could potentially use one more starting outside linebacker. Quan Alexander is still available. I'd like to see you go after him, but might be a linebacker in the mix of the Jets on draft day. Safety, also possibly a need because Jordan Whitehead, good strong safety. We don't have a true center fielder unless they really feel confident in Tony Adams, which It'd be hard to be really confident after minimal playing time last year, albeit he was a very, very impressive undrafted free agent. He was still an undrafted free agent that hardly played. I think they'd like to try to find maybe another guy that can play safety. Interior offensive line is still important because we have Connor McGovern, but Wes Schweitzer is really the only guy that can back up all the positions. Tristan Colon, not a guy that we really want to play interior offensive line too, too much. I think they'd want to have a nice young guy they can cultivate behind McGovern, maybe move into center when McGovern's gone. Or when Lakin Tomlinson moves on, the Jets don't have that contract to plug and play an offensive guard there. I think it'd be really nice to get some depth in the interior offensive line. Then my last need, number six, is running back. Just because the question marks around Brees Hall, 
and the fact that we want to have a nice rushing attack in this Nathaniel Hackett offense. Aaron Rodgers is going to make life easier on the Ty Johnsons or Bam Knights, Michael Carters, Brees Hall, whoever's back there. But if Brees Hall isn't 100% when the year begins, just to have another guy that we can really rely on that's not, you know, Bam Knight and Ty Johnson are nice players, but they're like 6th, 7th round undrafted guys that are like scrapping to get up there. Just to have another real talent. And I would have said Michael Carter was that, but he gave me so much reason for pause last year where it was so inefficient and so ugly. I get the offensive line was banged up. I get the quarterback didn't make things easier. But the ineffectiveness of Michael Carter was worrisome. And if he can't get back to what he was and Brees Hall's banged up, it puts you in a precarious situation. I think that running back would still be potentially a need. So those are the top six needs as I see it for the Jets going into draft weekend. And Joe Douglas is going to go after a bunch of them. He's not going to get every single one in the draft, not with like serviceable starters and like really good role players or bench depth guys. You can't expect something like that. Maybe he gets half of those positions and maybe half of the guys are successful. So like two of them maybe are good. We're going to have to address some in free agency still. I think defensive tackle makes sense because a guy like Al Woods, the Jets were looking at, is a run-stuffing guy they could bring in. A guy like Quan Alexander at linebacker could definitely come back. And having Aaron Rodgers on the roster right now gives us so much more leverage in signing these guys. Because I think a couple weeks ago, if you're looking at getting like an Odell Beckham Jr. or a Calais Campbell, you're probably having pretty good conversations But they're probably wondering, like, so is Aaron Rodgers 100% here? And the Jets keep saying, like, yeah, we don't know exactly when, but we think it's going to happen. And like everybody, like, time has just gone on. And even though we all thought it was going to happen, the Jets would get Rodgers, we still were like, is it really going to happen? We were still nervous. What if? What if it doesn't? And I think these free agents maybe were thinking that as well. But now that you have them locked under, under contract, coming to the Jets, at least for this year, the Jets are instantly a playoff competitor, which they weren't before. With Zach Wilson, it was like they could be frisky, they could be on the edge, maybe a wild card. Now you have Aaron Rodgers, and it's like they're definitely going to be competitive and potentially winning the division, and maybe if things go well, winning a Super Bowl. So the reasoning to come here as a free agent is much greater. Plus, you get to play with Aaron Rodgers. If it's the last year in your career, you don't have to risk a Zach Wilson-led Jets team and having all that shit show. The Jets will be able to get some good free agents throughout the remainder of the offseason. Hopefully it's not a bunch of just old Aaron Rodgers guys that don't have any ability left. Hopefully it's some really good players that like maybe have one or two years left and are great veterans fitting positions in need for us. Or it's a young guy who's like, you know what, I want to do a one-year prove-it deal and this is the perfect place to do it because at least I can compete for something and play on a big stage, a bunch of primetime games while I'm doing it. You want to get your name known out there if you're a somewhat unknown guy, like a Quincy Williams leaving the Jaguars. You want to get your name out there, play in important games. Well, I can guarantee you, getting Aaron Rodgers, the Jets are getting at least three primetime games this year. So if you want to be seen, there's a great opportunity for the national market right here with the New York Jets in 2023. I think some of that stuff is going to help us get a few more players. So watch out for the Jets to be a little bit spicy in free agency. We're not going to have a lot of money to play with because Aaron Rodgers, we don't know what the contract deal is yet. But obviously it's going to be somewhat of a pretty penny. It's not going to be free. So we got to figure that stuff out. But just... Be on the lookout for some decent veterans coming here to play with the Jets to fill some of these spots that maybe we can't address in the draft. So anyways, that is the top six positions in need going into draft weekend. Offensive tackle, interior defensive line, 
linebacker, safety, into your offensive line, and running back. Could the Jets go after a wide receiver if Corey Davis isn't here? Yeah. Could they go after a tight end in a very deep tight end class? Sure. Could they maybe go after a middle linebacker or a defensive end? Yeah, they could get C.J. Mosley's heir apparent or just a bigger rotation on that defensive front that you know they love to have. Cornerback, maybe they don't want to just go in with D.J. Reed and Sauce Gardner, right? What if one of those guys goes down? Do you really want to be playing Brandon Eccles or Bryce Hall outside? I don't think so. So is cornerback pretty important? They definitely could do that stuff. All of the positions, except for quarterback, really, could use another guy just in case. Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you could get a quarterback just in case for Aaron Rodgers, but no rookie is going to give you anything. If Aaron Rodgers goes down at this point, yeah, you know, you hopefully at that point you give up a second-round pick next year instead of a first, and you say, well, that sucks. We gave it a fair shot. Shit happens. But everything else, it's, it's on the table. Those are just the top six needs. Offensive tackle, by far the most important. You look at the big names. I already mentioned them. Broderick Jones out of Georgia. Paris Johnson Jr. out of Ohio State. Peter Skaronsky out of Northwestern. Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. Those are the top four guys, maybe in that order. I've gone back and forth on these players. Broderick Jones is young. He's getting better and better every single year, but he was a redshirt sophomore. He's probably the least developed of them all and has some good upside. He's really athletic, really fast. He could be an awesome left tackle for the Jets for years, so I really like him. But whether or not he would be great week one, not so sure. He may have the luxury, whoever is drafted, if it's an offensive tackle, may have the luxury of sitting behind Dwayne Brown and Mekhi Becton to start the season. So potentially you could be a little bit more of a project, so I think Broderick Jones could be a great fit there. Paris Johnson, a little bit more developed playing for Ohio State, a little bit older, He's a really smart guy, good tackle. He would be a really nice player for the Jets to have. Peter Skaronsky out of Northwestern. This guy, he's super, super smart, coming from Northwestern, right? He's an awesome tackle in college. He's got really short arms, though, so it's very similar to an Elijah Vera Tucker. Coming out of USC, Elijah Vera Tucker was an offensive tackle that everyone projected to be a guard. Peter Skaronsky is an offensive tackle that people project to be a guard also can play center and has played center before. He's played all over the offensive line extremely well. When you watch his tape, he's polished, professional, really freaking good. This guy checks the boxes when you watch him. Like, yeah, that's a really good offensive lineman. The problem is whether or not he's actually a tackle or a guard. The Jets potentially right now view him as a tackle candidate, but if they're not 100% sure, like I talked about, the Jets potentially have nothing at tackle next year. It has to be addressed. It has to be addressed at least halfway this year and somewhat cost-effective with the Rodgers contract. So if Skaronsky ends up coming to the NFL and bounces into guard, it's not really a win for the Jets. It's great to add a a usable piece. For sure, you're always going to have that, right? It's going to be like, oh, at least it wasn't a whiff. Hitting on draft picks is huge for a team. He would replace Lakin Tomlinson, but the need would still be so big at offensive tackle next year that it'd be like, ah, we tried. I think that they have to know Peter Skaronsky is truly a viable tackle in the NFL. And if that's the case, I love him as my top pick. If it's not the case, he's probably not the right guy for us at this point in time. He would have been, if we had some tackles, yes, the best guy to get. But given the state of the situation, probably not an option. That said, Skaronsky probably is the most talented of them all and probably won't be on the board when the Jets pick at 15. So maybe not an issue there to begin with. And then if you can't get Broderick Jones, you can't get Paris Johnson... Peter Skaronsky is not the right fit or isn't available. You could look at Darnell Wright. 
And he's not my favorite prospect. And if you asked me 24 hours ago, I would have said, I'd be pretty upset if the Jets leave with Darnell Wright. But now the fact that Jets move from 13 to 15, the Patriots are ahead of them, may draft an offensive lineman, could be a tackle. The Packers could do the same thing at 13. And the options aren't as great. And the need for tackle still remains just as big as it was. You got to kind of change your expectations a little bit. And I think Darnell right now makes a little bit more sense at that position. He still could be a really good fit for this team. If they come out with one of those four players, those are the top four tackles by a pretty wide margin. The next best guys are a bit down, maybe second-round guys. So if you're looking for a first-round guy, if they can grab one of those four, they will at least have invested in that tackle position and given them a chance to help aid that future situation they're going to have in 2024. So I'll be happy with it. Plus, Joe Douglas knows way more about the offensive line, how to play it, what's going to work in our scheme than I could ever imagine to know. So now, before we go to the interior defensive line and some other players I like in this 2023 NFL draft, we do have to do a quick father time and get my dad's thoughts. Mind you, this father time was written probably three or four hours before Aaron Rodgers signed to the Jets. So it's a little bit dated, I guess, but he actually does allude to the fact that this probably will be an outdated father time by the time it's read because he knows how quick this team was working. They were in talks with Aaron Rodgers. Connor McGovern had just signed, and it's like, anyways, this is my dad's thoughts. This week's father time, written by David Burnham. Here we go. The draft is around the corner, and by Thursday night, this father time will probably be moot. There are many moving parts pre-draft that things change week to week, and now at this point, day to day. First, I would be stunned if Aaron Rodgers' saga isn't resolved. It's entirely possible that this goes into June, but word is that Gutekunst and JD are talking as we speak. Douglas knows that time is on his side because Green Bay will owe Rodgers a lot of money if he shows up to camp. Patience is all we need. Maybe this Thursday night here will be in agreement. Maybe after June 1st, but Green Bay has to move Rodgers and the Jets are their only current suitor. The Niners' interest was a smokescreen and would have been frowned on by other GMs and owners across the league if Gutekunst did try to pull a stunt after prolonged talks. Regarding the new contract for Quinn and Williams, he deserves it. He had a dominant 2022 season, but I'd like to see the 2023 season before the new contract is signed. I'd also like JD to make it a team policy to keep each draft year in its pew and not give early contracts. He's set to make about $9 million, and he should play his contract out. Having a habit of handing out contracts early can create log jams down the road. Everyone gets paid when it's time to get paid. Very structured and very pragmatic. I hope JD will make it a team policy like Ozzie Newsom did in Baltimore, which kept the Ravens in the playoffs for a decade, with multiple Hall of Famers on the field simultaneously. Newsom was a smart GM, and I think JD learned a lot from him. Draft-wise? Round one is widely expected to be our new offensive tackle, and I don't expect J.D. to stray from general consensus. Whether it's Paris Johnson, Peter Skaronsky, or Broderick Jones, I really don't have a preference. I've waffled on these three for two months and will be happy with any one of them. In tangent draft news, Connor McGovern was just signed and will start at center this season. He's durable and a good center, but more important is that now there's no panic to draft a center. J.D. can draft in the best player available mode in round two. This is great because we aren't filling a position void. We're building a team with the best player available. That, however, doesn't mean that a center guard won't be drafted. It does mean that the big board called for it. I can see a guard center pick in round two like Tipman, 
who was a huge center but would also be a formidable guard. Huge and can move. Or perhaps Steve Avila out of TCU. A very good center and guard option. This O-line isn't close to finished, and it's got contracts coming to an end. The point is that JD can now pick an inside linebacker, another O-lineman, safety, an edge, a tight end, which this draft has many good ones of, even a running back. The underlying fact is that McGovern's signing has changed the landscape of the whole draft in a very good way. Filling this one position can create the option of drafting best player available, a big draft upgrade. I'll take the best player available over the best center any day. Welcome back, Connor. And let's face it, we need to keep Aaron Rodgers as happy, healthy, and successful as possible for this experiment to work. Go Jets. End scene. So, wow. This was, this was, I told him, this was one of my favorite father times ever because he covered so much, and I know that some of it is dated because of the Aaron Rodgers stuff. But even he said, this father time is going to be moot. And he said that he expects Aaron Rodgers to sign before the draft. So all that stuff, absolutely true. But to touch on something like the Quinn and Williams contract, that's such good philosophy because you forget Joe Douglas, before the Eagles, was with the Ravens. So Ozzie Newsom was there, and he did have a habit of saying, you don't get paid a contract extension until your contract runs out. You're going to play through your contract. If you sign a four-year deal, you're going to play four years, and then we'll talk in that offseason before free agency begins. And he thinks that Joe Douglas should do the same thing because if you start kind of saying like, well, in some situations we do this and breaking the rules for one guy, you don't really have that like structure on your side of just being like, no, this is what we always do. If you stay disciplined to a structure, you can then use it as your excuse for why something isn't happening. So I think having that pragmatic approach, just like Ozzie Newsom had in Baltimore, would be great for Joe Douglas. And I do think that when the season's over, barring something catastrophic happening to Quinnen, he will deserve that big contract We've seen De'Aaron Payne and Jeffrey Simmons and these guys getting big $20-plus million deals. Quinn Williams is going to be signing for $22 million a year, which is going to be nuts. It's going to be tough to do with Aaron Rodgers' contract if he's coming back, but we'll make it work, and Quinn deserves it. Just make sure he gets paid and do it at the right time at the end of this season. Talking about the draft, I 1,000% agree about the tackle. Those three guys, I'd be happy with any one of them. Can they get one of them? That's a little bit more questionable now with the trade swap with the Packers going from pick 13 to 15. We'll see. But Skoronsky, Jones, Johnson, awesome. He doesn't throw in Darnell Wright. He doesn't really like Darnell Wright, but at this point in time we had pick 13, so, you know, expectations were a little bit higher. And then I love what he said about Connor McGovern because he's absolutely right in the fact that that was one of those big needs that would have had to be addressed. And if you were going to trade for Aaron Rodgers and only have one second-round pick and no third-round pick, you basically would have had to address center in the second round at that point. Maybe trade it up to get a guy if you were nervous he was going to not be there. Or you'd have to sign Connor McGovern or Ben Jones. They now sign Connor McGovern, and it's not a huge need to get center. They can go after a guy like Joe Tipman, who can play center or guard, or a Steve Avila, who could be a great guard in the NFL, or an Osiris Torrance or something like that in the second round. They can do that. But like he said, they can also look at Inside linebacker, safety, edge rusher, tight end, best player available. Because at this point in time, the Jets' needs, I mean, I have the number one need being offensive tackle. If things go great, Dwayne Brown and Mekhi Becton play 17 games, and anybody drafted at tackle never touches the field. Interior defensive line I have as a big need. 
you could potentially play Quinn and Williams and John Franklin Myers and Quinton Jefferson and Solomon Thomas and be dominant at that position with a great defense, number one ranked defense in the NFL with those guys. You could do it. This team is like right freaking there in terms of talent across the board at these positions. It's just about what if somebody goes down because you know injuries are going to happen. What are the ones that would hurt us the most if we didn't have X? What's coming up? Expiring contracts in 2024. What are going to be big hurdles down the road? Can we take care of them now? But having the center, the last kind of big plug-and-play piece for that starting unit in Connor McGovern there gives us that best player available option. I love that thought from my dad. I'm completely in agreement with him. And like he said, the only way this whole thing works with Aaron Rodgers is if Aaron Rodgers is happy because he has to be invested and committed to football, which I think he will be. I think he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. But if we can keep him there, really fighting for it, saying, you know what, i got to play really hard, and we give him the pieces to be successful with a good offensive line and weapons around him, this thing could be awesome. But we have to do that. We have to make sure he's standing upright. We can't have him sack, you know, eight times in week one and have him be like, what the hell did I just sign up for? He's not going to come back for two years. If that happens, very important to build that offensive line. But overall, this is one hell of a zesty roster. Joe Douglas has flexibility. It's all we could ever ask for. We'll see what he does. I love that father time. Thank you, Dad, for covering so many different things, for having great predictions about Aaron Rodgers three hours before it even happened, and uh, giving us one more great father time. So thank you, Dave Burnham. Now, before we go to the second half of the podcast, quick commercial break. Alrighty, and welcome back to This is the Jet Life. So next order of business, we're going to talk about the interior defensive line as it's my number two most important need for the Jets at this point in time. So going into the draft, there's actually a decent number of guys that I really like in this draft. We have a solid unit right now because Quinn Williams by himself is an absolute stud. He's the best player on our defense aside from maybe Sauce Gardner. He's the anchor of the front. He's young. He does have an extension probably coming in the offseason after this year if everything goes well. It's possible the Jets would franchise tag him. I don't see them moving on from him because of what he's given us, and I think you have to set a precedent of if you draft a guy and he plays amazing here, he deserves another contract. I think the Jets and Joe Douglas have to kind of do right by him, even though the position group is now getting paid $22, $23 million a year, like a premium position in the league. And it's going to be tough to stomach it, but Quinn Williams is one of those guys that's put in a lot of great work for us and has gotten better and better every year. And if there were ever any questions about whether or not he was worth that number three overall pick, they have all been answered. He is an absolute stud. He is not even close to a bust. He's one of the best defensive linemen the Jets have had in the past 20 years. Quinn Williams is amazing. So he is the anchor of that defensive front. You also bring in some pass rush specialists in Quinn, uh, Quinton Jefferson. You got John Franklin Myers who can come inside on third downs. Michael Clemens can kind of do the same. Solomon Thomas is an okay rotational piece. But to kind of have a run-focused guy in that middle, like a Foley Fadakasi or something like that, you're not going to get as lucky as drafting a Foley Fadakasi out of UConn in the sixth round every year, right? A lot of times it ends up becoming Jonathan Marshall, who doesn't end up lasting for very long. The Jets this year, I think pick 42, if it's not into your offensive line, I think that into your defensive line would be a really nice kind of time to go after that position. And there's three guys that I see being drafted right in that kind of part of the draft. My number one guy, Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin. 
My number two guy, Brian Bercy out of Clemson. My number three guy, Mozzie Smith out of Michigan. All could potentially be available at pick, pick 42. None will be available later on in the fourth round. The Jets' time will be then, or they're going to have to move around the draft board a little bit to get one of them. I like all these guys because they're all really, really kind of versatile players. They're big and strong, and they're able to play the run while going after the passer, which is the tough thing in this league right now. you got a lot of guys that are big and fat and can be a plug and stop the run and take two guys blocking, but you're never going to get after the quarterback. Or you got a fast guy like a Quentin Jefferson who can get off blocks and shed guys, but you're never really going to be a real threat against the run, and people will go after you and try to expose you. To find a guy that can do a little bit of both, like a lighter version of Quinn and Williams, that would be awesome for this team, specifically in the second round. So if they can get Keanu Benton, who I think is perfect at doing that, a perfect pairing to Quinn and Williams and would be the day one starter for this team, that would be awesome. Brian Bercy probably also, and Mozzie Smith, maybe less confidence from me on him, but definitely like him a lot. If they can't get one of those three guys who's, who are like a do-it-all, can play against the pass and against the run, just your next starter, then they have to go after, in my opinion, a rotational piece that's built for the run. You would play Quentin Jefferson against the pass. You would play X player against the run. To me, a guy that can do that, Siaki Aika out of Baylor is massive and great against the run. He's probably going to be targeted in round three, maybe four, because he's like 360 pounds. He fluctuates between like some places say he's 330. Some say he gets up to 360, which would be one of the biggest defensive linemen we've ever seen. This guy is an absolute plug in there. And maybe he's not the perfect fit for a 4-3 defense, but to put him in there on a running down just for first downs, maybe playing you know 25% of snaps on those guaranteed run plays or fourth and goals or goal line stands, to have a guy like that that you can draft in the mid-rounds, maybe fourth round, I think would be enough to make this unit complete because they could have their Quinn and Williams in basically every play with Solomon Thomas being his kind of light backup. Quentin Jefferson, John Franklin Myers against the pass, and then your run guy. It's a little bit hodgepodgey, and you got to move him around a lot and be really strategic with it, but it works. So if they can get Benton, Bercy, or Mozzie Smith early in the draft, awesome. If they can get Siaki Aika later on, it'd be interesting. That's my interior defensive line kind of wish list. There's a lot of different guys the Jets could go after, and it's a decent interior defensive line draft. In my opinion, some people don't really like the group. I think it's solid because, for me, the Jets need to focus on run. And it's something that a lot of people in the draft aren't really focusing on adding a defensive lineman that plays the run well. But because we have so many pass rush specialists on that defensive line, we just need that plug guy, gives us a little bit more flexibility at that position. So now I'm just going to kind of name some players from some other position groups that I really like. I'm not going to go through all the positions of need and talk about my top four ranked guys because I think at a certain point, just rattling off 45 names of guys in the draft, it's just like, what's any of it even worth? Last year I gave maybe 20, 25 names, and I think five of them were drafted by the Jets. It was like Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson, Brees Hall, Jeremy Rucker were all guys that I loved going into the draft. We drafted all five of those guys. And I was on cloud nine said, like, I've never been in more lockstep with the general manager than I am with Joe Douglas. And that was, I felt that pretty strongly. That was like, I couldn't believe how many picks out of the guys that I really liked, he really liked. 
Now, this year is a little bit more difficult for me because, one, I don't like this draft class. I think that it's pretty bad, and the Jets have less needs than they had before. Number two, the Jets don't really have a lot of mid-round draft picks, which I think is where a lot of the sweet spot in this draft is. Not a lot of high-end talent early on. Not a lot of late-end talent, in my opinion. It's a lot of, like, third, fourth, fifth round, and the Jets don't have many picks in that area. We don't even have a third-rounder. So, second round, we're going to have an opportunity to get a good player. Fourth round, probably, as well. Then we'll see what they do in the fifth. But some of these guys that I like probably will be in the spot of the draft that we just can't hit without trading around and going after. So we'll see if Joe Douglas does that. But here are some guys that I like, but just some other random positions through my process that I just felt like were worth noting. Running backs, my number one guy, Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA. We're not going after B. John Robinson. So if you take that name away, you get rid of like a Jameer Gibbs. That's not happening either. Zach Charbonnet potentially would have to be second round. Maybe you trade up to the third or something. But I think this guy is like Brees Hall with maybe a little bit more power up the middle and a little bit less flash and and big playability. But Zach Charbonnet is really freaking good. And I know we already have Brees, but just in case he's banged up or even at 100%, it gives you that like Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon kind of dynamic where if one guy goes down, you're guaranteed to have a dynamic running back regardless. And if they're both healthy, you've got two guys you can go back and forth to and do some slightly different things and be just super effective in the ground game. So if they decide best player available, Zach Charbonnet, I would be ecstatic because he's awesome. A cheaper version of a running back that could be available, maybe fourth round or so, would be UAB running back Dwayne McBride. The Jets brought him in for a visit, and he's pretty good. I mean, he's pretty effective. He's kind of like a better version of Bam Knight, in my opinion. Pretty good at going up the middle, which I think the Jets need is, like, some power because you don't have that in Ty Johnson. You don't have that in Michael Carter. Brees Hall is not great at going up the middle either. So who's picking up, like, your third and one? Grit and grinding up there. Dwayne McBride could be a good option at that position later in the draft. I think he's, like, a an upgrade from a Ty Johnson or a Bam Knight. But not super flashy. He runs a little bit more upright than I'd like. And then if you need another guy that can pick up a third down or a fourth down and one. Fullback Hunter Lupke out of North Dakota State is really intriguing to me in the later rounds, maybe even undrafted, because fullbacks just aren't prioritized anymore. But every year I seem to fall in love with a fullback, and this guy might be the best of all of them I've looked at so far. Nathaniel Hackett, 10 years as an offensive coach in the NFL. Six of those teams out of 10 years have had a legitimate full-time fullback on the roster. Out of the four that he didn't have a fullback, Two of the years had A.J. Dillon, who's not a fullback, but, like, he's another running back that's really, really big and beefy and kind of does the role of a fullback in your offense if you need him to. Maybe not lead blocker, but picking up those yardage, doing that big, like, mismatch against a cornerback or something, a big, burly, bruising guy, right? So Nathaniel Hackett has a history of having guys like this in there, and even though it's getting kind of phased out of the NFL as years go on, I still think there's value in a fullback if you want to bring in a guy like Hunter Lupke. He can line up as a halfback, running back, fullback, tight end, and he's like a really good special team candidate type of guy. So when you bring in a player that can do all of that stuff and be like a Nick Bauden, but in my opinion, a much higher level, bring stuff on special teams and be like, wow, we're glad we have him on special teams. And he can pick down, pick up the third and one, fourth and one. His touchdown to touch in the NFL ratio was ridiculous. It was like every eight or nine touches, he would get a touchdown. He ran for over six yards per carry in his career. He had a bunch of catches, a lot of receiving yards. This guy is a do-it-all fullback, and if they want to employ one, Hunter Lupke, 
We'll see. Do the Jets bring back fullback? Nick Bowden, not really the guy for that. I'm not bought in to bought in. Moving past running backs to interior offensive line. My dad mentioned Joe Tipman and Steve Avila already. Steve Avila out of TCU, Tipman out of Wisconsin. I agree with both of those guys. Potential great guards for the Jets. Tipman center as well. Osiris Torrance is another guy you could look at in that list. Maybe second round if he's available at 42. He's like a really strong, freakishly strong guard out of Florida that would just be a road grader, would just move the defensive line, get running lanes for your guys. He needs to polish up a little bit. He's not a complete prospect, but he's super strong. So Osiris Torrance would be interesting, maybe second round. Looking at linebackers, the only one that I really like earlier in the draft that, you know, looks like he would be a really good fit for this Jets team to me is Trenton Simpson out of Clemson. As an off-ball linebacker, he would take the place of Quan Alexander and is pretty good at rushing the passer. I think he's got a lot of explosiveness in that pass rush, but he also can cover pretty well, is good at getting to the point of attack. Robert Sala always talks about the kill zone. It's like where, you know, the screen passes are and those first five yards and everything. It's where you want to just crush the opposing team, and I think that he's one of those guys that can get to that kill zone, make the tackles, get all over the field, and do a little bit. You want versatility in that outside linebacker. Because the one thing is if you have, like, a run-focused outside guy, he's going to come off the field and passing downs, not going to help you there. If he's pass-focused, they're going to run on you. It's going to be something they can exploit. But if you're good at everything and you're well-rounded, they don't really know what to expect from you, what you're going to do, or what to run against you. And I think Trenton Simpson out of Clemson is the guy that can kind of give us that. And the last guy that I really like, kind of middle of the draft, safety Jair Brown, also known as Tig Brown given the nickname uh, Tig after Tigger because he was really bouncy as a kid. So Tig Brown out of Penn State is a really nice playmaker, kind of center fielder type of guy that can also come up in the box and hit. And I think he's a Joe Douglas type of guy because he plays aggressive defense in the box, makes the tackles, but he also has really good recognition in deep zones, can play single high safety, cover ones. He can do a lot of stuff on the back end that right now we don't really have a lot of that. Jordan Whitehead is better coming up than he is going back. LaMarcus Joyner was our guy that was probably specialized last year in going back. We don't have him anymore. So to bring in a guy like Jair Brown to go back there, handle that center fielder duty, but also bring a little bit of extra pop. Now, he still makes some mistakes. He still gets caught flat-footed or making the wrong reads here and there because he's young. So he might not be a great day-one starter in the NFL. But I think that down the road, you know, he could develop into being one of those guys that could be here for a while. So... Jair Brown out of Penn State, another guy I really like. So that's kind of all I have for guys that really stand out to me in this year's draft that I would go out on a limb and say those are guys that I want on the New York Jets. As I mentioned, I don't love this draft class, and I think this team is pretty complete overall where we're looking at a lot more bench and depth guys and future players and role players than in years past. We used to need so many different positions to come in and start. But right now... Because of last year's draft by Joe Douglas, how many guys he just fit in and the free agent work that he did last year and this year to fill a lot of holes with really, really good players or good bargain players, we're in a really nice place to not have a ton of needs to go after right now. And Aaron Rodgers and Connor McGovern today being signed was the icing on the cake, our number one and two position to need, just being checked off three days before the draft. And here we are feeling really good saying, you know what? We've got opportunities to get some really, really good players, but also go after, like my dad said, best player available in this draft and maybe get some more defensive rookie of the years, 
Offensive Rookie of the Years. Why not? Go for it, Joe Douglas. This has been a, a fun process going through the draft. Aaron Rodgers definitely spiced things up a lot. Getting Connor McGovern today, also a little bit spicy. But, yeah, things are going to change really, really fast for this Jets team. And uh, get ready for the whirlwind. The media, social media, everywhere you look, it's going to be Jets, Aaron Rodgers. Big time talk about what this team's going to be. Buy into the hype because it's exciting. But don't set your expectations way too high to be ridiculous. Like, oh, now we have... The Packers have had Aaron Rodgers, and he's been playing at an MVP level, and he's still not winning Super Bowls, right? It still takes a lot of stuff to win Super Bowls. It doesn't just require amazing quarterback play. We do have guys all over the field, but injuries happen, bad things happen, misfortune, unlucky bounces, fumbles, all sorts of stuff. So take it day by day. Enjoy this process. Enjoy that Joe Douglas is going after another elite draft class to build off of last year's. And even the one before that, yeah, Zach Wilson wasn't great, but pretty good draft class there as well. I love what we got. I love what we got going here in New York. You can listen to podcasts breaking down the Aaron Rodgers news basically an hour after it happened. That was available right before this one. We also have a Fans First Sports Network mock draft that came out earlier today as well, right before that one. So a lot of good stuff. You can hear me pick number 13 in that mock draft. You can hear me talk about Aaron Rodgers in the following podcast. Tons of content coming out right now. I'm probably not going to do another podcast until after the draft. Maybe Monday or Tuesday following the draft, I'll break down the guys that we took out of that weekend, and we'll go from there. A lot of great days ahead for the New York Jets. Follow me on Twitter, at Jets underscore Dan. Rate, review, subscribe to this podcast, anywhere podcasts are found. Cheers. We got Aaron Rodgers. Life is looking up right now. In theory, it feels like a really good time to be a Jets fan. I'm Dan Burnham, and this is The Jet Life. (laughs) 